humor is my deflection. So I'll make jokes here to, to deflect. But uh, when I, we went to the NCHC tournament, it was the first hockey game I'd gone to in a year. And in that drive between Fargo and Grand Forks, when all hope is lost. <laughs> <laughs> Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 18 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. And Matt Cavender. Hello, everybody. Ooh, did you recently trim your beard, Matt? Um, Like a couple weeks ago. Oh, a couple weeks ago? I guess I missed that. Maybe I was just so looking at Dustin's and noticed yours actually looks groomed. And I was kind of shocked today. I don't know. Like, I, 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 guess, I, guess I'm, I guess I'm going corporate and selling out. Maybe that's my deal. But Maybe. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, back to trying to email the Bemidji guys. <laughs> okay. Uh, this week, our special guest is Kyle Shiley. I have that right? I should. I warned you. Shiley. Shiley. A hockey fan and producer at Minnesota Public Radio. Thanks for joining us, Kyle. Thanks for having me. Uh, this week, we'll chat with Kyle about mental health. Then we'll get into results with Lake States and talk about pairwise more since... It's been an interesting week in Pairwise for Michigan Tech and preview the Northern Michigan series. All right, let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back to chat with Kyle Sheely. Got it right that time. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Do you work in manufacturing, product design, or product development? Is your business trying to improve efficiency while also producing at scale? Livonia Technical Services can help. They provide world-class quality improvement training and consulting for failure modes and effect analysis, product development, and cost reduction. All things that could help Northern Michigan assemble a competent defense. If you think your business could use a prevention mindset and reduce manufacturing costs, a partnership with Livonia Technical Services might be right for you. Check them out at livoniatech.net. That's L-I-V-O-N-I-A-Tech.net. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh, welcome back. You might be wondering why Kyle's joining us. Uh, last year, we started a tradition with having hockey coach Mark Wick on to or on the show to talk about mental health near Bell Let's Talk Day. This year, I reached out to Kyle after seeing him share his story in a thread on Twitter. And for those of you who don't know, because I don't know how much detail we went into this last year, Bell Let's Talk Day this year is January 26th. Uh, it's an, an annual promotion put on by Bell, a telecom company in Canada. Every year, it kind of overflows into American hockey with so many Canadians playing hockey. Um, each social media post using the hashtag Bell Let's Talk results in a donation to mental health in Canada. As most of you know, this topic is important to me and many of us at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, we'll never forget Manit, and I want to continue to do whatever I can to help people find the support they need to get the help they need so we don't have to hear about losing any more friends or members of this community. Now back to Kyle. Let's start by getting to know a little uh, bit more about you. Uh, we know you work at Minnesota Public Radio. What exactly do you do there? Yeah, uh, I'm right now I'm the interim senior producer that oversees the magazine. So I'm 
normally I run the local side of all things considered. Uh, and then right now I'm also overseeing morning edition, our morning edition team too. So, uh, you know, uh, anything you're hearing, if you're in Minnesota on any of our affiliate stations and WGGL there in uh, Houghton, uh, run off Michigan Tech, that's actually run by NPR. So uh, you're hearing my host when you're hearing the weather there, which is cool. Um, but uh, anything you're hearing local, a story of Tom Cran, our host is interviewing somebody, I booked it or my team booked it. Uh, we write the questions, we write the introduction, you know, so you're, you're kind of picking out the news of the day, trying to figure out what people need to know or might want to know and uh, bringing them that. So we let the national NPR does our national stuff. We do the local stuff. That's kind of the elevator pitch. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, yeah. So actually I was kind of looking back and um, trying to figure out how I ended up following you, but um, I know we have some, hockey connection so you are a big gopher fan and your wife is a saint cloud fan do i have that right or backwards no no uh we're both gopher fans first and then minnesota hockey teams uh second so anybody but north dakota right the oldest line (laughs) my favorite teams are the gophers and anyone playing north dakota uh and that kind of can tie into this a little bit uh you know because when my friend moved to i actually went to the you graduated no one so i missed the uh, back-to-back national titles and uh, but my friend I didn't go I was working I was trying to start my career uh, and my friend ended up moving to Duluth to Colquet a couple years uh, probably about 0405. and so what we would do to hang out is he got season tickets there's not much to do in Duluth so he got Bulldog season tickets so I'd drive <laughs> up to hang out with him and we'd go to the games and that became the thing then my wife was also into college hockey uh, through her, she and her dad grew up watching Gophers. So uh, it just became when my friend moved, it became the thing my wife and I did on the weekends. And, you know, we're lucky here to have, you know, some great competitive teams all within an hour to two hours of uh, our house. So it just, you know, if the Gophers aren't playing somebody interesting, we'll hop in the car and go to St. Cloud or Mankato or Duluth, uh, you know, just to get a night out. So that just became our thing to do. Nice. That's that's why I ended up here. Was back in the day you had how many non or how many conference series that Michigan Tech played that were only a couple hours drive or less from from the Twin Cities. So that's how I ended up here. Now it kind of sucks, although it's better now that St. Thomas is here. But it's always hard because with with having so few series that are closer than Houghton. It it's so dependent on when they get scheduled. Because I didn't go to Bemidji because of timing. Um, I did end up going to Mankato for both games, and then I'm going to go to at least one game against St. Thomas in uh, Mendota Heights this year. Um, so we might as well get into your tweet. Uh, what do you think about uh, regionals? <laughs> I just, you know, I mean, as long as the NCAA <laughs> continues to put up those high dollar amounts, you're never going to get them in locations that can – uh, you know, draw fans. I mean, I think I think Don laid it out pretty well for you guys, but just, but to oh, say yeah. that, uh, you know, I mean, I think that it can't just be in Fargo and Sioux Falls every year and, uh, you know, Bridgeport. Uh, so I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm for maybe going back to campus um, or just lowering the dollar amount. So people are more put up more competitive bids. I think when you're asking 150,000, uh, guaranteed plus the first cut of profits it's hard to, for these struggling hockey programs that are on the verge of folding many times right or you know right. so uh it's a mess well <laughs> and it, yeah it, and it, it's so much of the midwest just comes down to the location like you can't you, you don't have the bridgeport the albany the the manchester type locations that are less than a, you know less than a couple hours from everybody that, that you do out there because of the Great Lakes and because of just where the proper rinks are. But um, it's, we've probably hashed that 12 times on this podcast and on our <laughs> chat. So um, let's get into why we actually got you here. So uh, a few months back, you decided to tweet out your, your story and, and I was really touched reading it. 
and I thought it would be good to get you on to kind of tell your story to our listeners. So, so maybe we can help somebody else um, understand that uh, we can work through these things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't, you know, I always feel like I don't want to say that uh, it's all okay. Right. That like every day is uh, a struggle and, you know, I I keep going on the path, but it's, things can improve if you work on it and if you have help. Uh, And, you know, the other message we'll get to at the end of this is to say that help is probably closer than you really realize. And that's what, you know, I'm growing, I've I've come to realize, and I'm talking to you guys here today and uh, you know, we're building connections and that, you know, that's key, but uh, yeah, I, you know, this is hard. I have have never actually talked about this out loud uh, other than with my wife and therapist. So uh I grew up in a, you know, my mom and dad absolutely hated each other. And my mom took me from my dad uh, and moved here when we were two, when I was two. And uh, there was, uh, she remarried. Uh, he was abusive to her in front of me. Uh, and she, uh, you know, she went through a lot. So she was, she was tough to deal with. So in my tweets, I didn't even get into a lot of that. I alluded to some of it, but I, but like I say that only to say that uh, we never know what people are going through and what people have been through. And uh, if you've got a bad relationship with your parents, if you've been through abuse, like I have, uh, those you know there are people out there. We don't talk about it, you're, but you're not alone in that in that experience. Um, and so uh, what I got to in my tweets was to say that uh, I've been suicidal pretty much every day since you know, high school, some point in high school, I was bullied, you know, I was the fat kid. Uh, and so, uh, you know, I was bullied there and it set me on a bad path. Um, and when I went to college, I joined or I tried to, I pledged a fraternity and to haze me, one of the many things that they did was, uh, they caught me and got me, they took my clothes when I was in the shower, made me run down the co-ed dorm naked and as i was trying to get dressed uh one of them kicked in my door and took a picture of me uh in my underwear and you know this is 1995 so it wasn't thankfully wasn't shared on snapchat instantly like it would be today but they ended up photocopying it and plastering it on campus with a message that was along the lines of don't get girls don't get drunk tonight or you'll end up going home with him uh and that ended up leading to me, you know, pretty much locking myself in my dorm room and shutting down and eventually having to uh, drop out of college at, at that point. Uh, and I spent about two years uh, kind of just kicking around, not accomplishing anything in my life until one night I was driving home with a friend, following a friend home uh, on Lake Street. And a car blew through the intersection and slammed into her car right in front of me and threw her out the passenger window. Uh, And she was hospitalized and ended up addicted to opioids and, you know, having her life fall apart. Uh, So that set me on a path of, of, while suffering, at least like direction. And so I went back to college uh, and, and I'm here today to, so I'm, thankful for my blessings while all of the pain that I've gone through. Um, But, you know, so I just say that like, I've seen a lot, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. And uh, I ended up uh, earlier this year. uh, I think I I mentioned this in my tweets. It's actually fun. It's not funny. Humor is my deflection. So I'll make jokes here to, to deflect. But uh, when I, we went to the NCHC tournament, it was the first hockey game I've gone to in a year. And then that drive between Fargo and Grand Forks, when all hope is lost, was when <laughs> I <laughs> thought to myself, I will never feel joy in my life. You think about, you know, the guys that are on Twitter, and we all know Biddy, the uh, Bulldog fan. And yep. think about him crying when he was white, when, when the Bulldogs won the national championship and I was there and like that joy and we make fun of him for it. And I've been guilty of it. Right. We all laugh and he's been a great sport about it, but like, that's joy. I would love, I want to feel joy like that in my life. 
And I've realized, you know, or I thought in that moment in March of 2021 that I would never feel joy uh, ever in my life for a sustained period of time. And through that and through, uh, you know, the trouble of like, you know, the sadness of covering news every day in this world that we live in, uh, I went back, I went to therapy and I'd had some bad experiences in therapy uh, in my life. And I went to therapy and that started me on the right track. So I'll take a break there. <laughs> I don't know if you guys want more of that or, you know, but I've been talking, so. No, uh, you can keep talking. That I mean, that's what this, this is kind of about. I know, I think last time we had more questions for Mark, but it wasn't like it was uh, quite an elaborate story, I don't think, or we got into it in pieces as we talked through stuff. But um, you said you, you've gotten into therapy you said you you mentioned when we were talking before the show that you've 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 learned a lot through therapy since you tweeted out all of that mm-hmm. yeah yeah i you know i mean what i've learned and this is the you know this is a the, a fundamental thing that's changed my life and changed my perspective on it is that i used to be a guy that always had to be right especially on social media right especially about i mean my twitter profile college hockey straight shooter it was important to me that uh, you know, my college hockey opinions are, are known. And, uh, you know, I spent a lot of time arguing with people about it. And I realize now that I don't really actually have to be right. I'm right. I'm wrong about a lot of things. And, uh, and so like focusing on being right and, and fighting with people never, you know, you don't change anyone's mind by being the loudest person in the room or by hammering that last point home, right? You change people's minds by onboarding them to your ideas and, uh, more of the velvet hammer. Uh, and so, uh, you know, and in, in, in therapy, I've, I've come to this idea. So my therapist would say, I, you know, I would get wound up. And this is things people have said to me in my life before, like, why do you care so much? And about not a, just college hockey and how bad the Big Ten hockey conference is, but, <laughs> uh, you know, like, why do you care about work? And why do you care about this uh, injustice? And I would just be like, why don't you care? Like I couldn't understand why people didn't care as much as I do. And what I now understand was that all of that was just covering my pain. That was, you know, especially the anger is a defense mechanism because as a man, it's way easier to be mad and people accept anger from men uh, more than they accept sadness. And, you know, when people come up to you and they're like, how are you doing? And you're like, oh, I'm mad that this happened. They're like, yeah, right on. I get that. But if you're like, you know, I'm really sad that my mom and I don't have a relationship. And uh, she said some really mean things to me last week. Like people don't want that. Right. Oh. They, you know, they're just not conditioned to be able to know how to handle that. Uh, and so I use anger uh, or I used anger as uh, my defense from myself. Uh and so there, you know, there was a lot of, a lot of the pain and a lot of the uh, anger that I inflicted on other people and took out on other people. And, you know, that just creates a web of misery. And uh, I realized that that isn't the person I wanted to be. And so my therapist turned me on to this concept. It's kind of a form of Buddhism of radical acceptance. And that's what, uh, you know, really, uh, along with meditation, has started to work with for me, because the idea behind radical acceptance is that you uh, take your feelings. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a terrible uh, envoy for this. So go <laughs> speak to a professional about this idea. Don't, don't just take my internet word for it. But, uh, you know, you, you, you understand that in this moment, like when it's really dark, when it's really bad, you understand that that's what you're experiencing in this moment. And it's, it's not good. It sucks. But another moment will come, right? And maybe 10 minutes, maybe an hour, Maybe tomorrow I'm going to feel something different. And it might not be happiness, but it won't be despair. Uh, And so you just accept that what you are experiencing now is what you're experiencing now. And what you experience later will be something else. And you accept, you know, it's kind of the idea, too, of accepting what you can and can't change uh, uh, and accepting, um, you know, your place in it. And then for the meditation part of being that that's the part that finally for me breaks me out of the cycle. Uh, I talked a little bit in my thread there when I talk about the suicidal thoughts uh, there's the idea that 
you know, our brain, we think, you know, the monologue that's going in our head all the time is right, right? My ideas about uh, hockey are right because this voice says I'm right. Uh, but I have terrible ideas all the time. I think, you know, I want to go 90 on the freeway. I want to have two extra beers. I want to, you know, do it, you know, uh, quit my job because I'm mad about something this week. So I have bad thoughts all the time that I don't listen to. So why, do, why is it the thoughts about suicidal, you know, ideations and depression? Why are those the thoughts that I give credence to? Why is that? the pattern I get stuck in. And through meditation, I've been able to find uh, that that can snap you out of it. That it's, you know, you people feel like, oh, I've got, you know, I can't meditate. My brain can't sit still. It was a thing I always believed. Uh, I can't, I can't just sit and do nothing for 10 minutes. When my therapist first suggested, I thought it was, uh, you know, out of this world. I'm like, no, I want to be on Twitter. I, I got to play video games. I got to, do, you know, read another book. Like I've got other things to do with my time than sit there. Uh, but when you sit there and you do it, that de that develops the skill. Equanimity, I believe, is what, it, what they would call it, is like that delivers the skill to say, uh, stop that thought. Like, okay, I realize now I'm thinking about how sad I am. I'm going to stop doing that and think about something else. I'm going to think about, you know, doing this podcast and how excited I am for that. I'm going to think about, that great dinner I'm going to have later uh, or something else. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, that, that's a couple of things I was, I was going to touch on there. Um, no, I, I know what you're talking about. Cause I, I literally had this yes, yesterday. I, um, I had an amazing Saturday, like probably will go down as like a top 10 day of my life. And Sunday, all my plans got canceled by the other side, and I ended up sitting around watching football, and all the games were boring as hell, and I remember saying to myself, like, my life fucking sucks, and I'm sitting here, like, almost immediately going, wait a minute, you just had a top 10 day, today was always going to be down from that, no matter what happened, and I just needed to, like, sit there for a moment and, like, accept that today was not going to be what yesterday or what the day before was and that was okay and just like realize that tomorrow will be a better day and 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 not dwell on the fact that yesterday was boring and nothing happened and I couldn't get myself to do anything productive I just kind of lounged around and watched football and wondered why the hell I did it uh, <laughs> just one of those days um but yeah, it's like, I've certainly gotten better um, over the last year. And as much as you talk about meditation, a lot of it to me is, is somehow I got in like the mental health TikTok, which is like the coolest place. Social, media, social media is good for something you're saying. Yeah, yep. As long as you get in the right <laughs> tunnel and, and my friend and I share back and forth, like the good mental health ones. And like, there's been a couple different things, uh, especially lately. Um, I, I was going to say, what was the, oh, the one, like you talked about how nobody wants to hear you tell when they ask you how you're doing, nobody wants to hear the sad stuff. And it was one of the tweets was about, um, about how we just say we're tired. And, and I don't mean, I want to go take a nap. I mean, like, I'm just exhausted from like the way my mind works with life and, and the struggles I have going on internally and I, and I don't really want to deal with them. So I'm just exhausted from it. That's what I'm saying. But all you hear is tired and you're okay with that. Cause you don't really want the details, right? Like we, we, but the, the, the big thing we talked with Mark Wick about last year was about how, like you say that nobody wants to hear that, but then if you asked your friends, if they, would want to be there for you if you were having trouble nine out of ten would say yeah i want to help my friends like that's part of being friends but yet when we're having our own struggles we don't want to burden our friends with things and i think we need to just be better about i mean i mean i know matt you've said it like how hard it was to have like hung out with manit not long before it happened right and you just and you you wonder if you could have done anything to help and, and it's hard to deal with that stuff when, when you know there was stuff going on that 
he didn't want to talk about and and we need to be better especially as men about not being afraid to share these things with people that we call our friends and if they don't want to hear it or or can't handle it maybe they shouldn't be our friends like that's the honest to god truth like we are supposed to be there to support each other and we need to be better about realizing that um if they truly are your friend they'll want to help and i like I know I've struggled a lot since being single about not wanting to burden like my married friends with stuff. Cause they've got their own stuff going on. Everybody does. But like when I got sick in January, I had multiple friends, you know, helping me get stuff and took care of my dog for a couple of weeks. Cause I couldn't, I just couldn't do it. Or, or I was afraid that like I would be sick enough for one day I would forget to let the dog out when I was awake and able to do stuff or, it wasn't when the dog needed things. And so she went and stayed at two different friends house for like a week each while I was healing up. And like, we have to understand that friends want to help us. And it's not just about physical things. It's about mental things. And the more we talk about it, the easier it'll be to open up with our friends about those things. I think it was Drew McGarry uh, I read one of the books I read this year was The Night the Lights Went Out about when he had his uh, brain hemorrhage. And I think it was Drew's book where he said something along the lines of like that excited feeling you have when your friend comes over and you're like, oh, I'm excited to see them or I'm excited to hang out with them, that they have the same feeling about you. And as somebody who hates himself, I've always been like, oh, they're just having they're just hanging out with me because they feel bad for me. Or once they get to know me, they won't want to hang out with me. I have all of the negative thoughts pre-built into it. And instead, you have to realize that, uh, like, they do, people do care about you. One of the things that uh, I learned in all of this was I got messages from a ton of people. Uh, that one, of, one person told me that, uh, I, I'm not, I won't name the name and they won't hear, so I think we'll be safe to say this, but she told me when she was suffering from postpartum depression and called her therapist uh, and her husband was out of town. Her therapist has said, do you have someone you can call uh, who could come over and be there for you? She was like, I could call Kyle. And she never told me this until I shared this story online. And I, it's not a person I ever would have thought that we were close enough that I'd be the guy she called in an emergency, but it made me feel, you know, like how you see yourself is not how the world sees you. Uh, and lots of people have positive thoughts about you. You never hear and you never think, and you'd never ask. And, and Tim, I agree completely, like, uh, sharing TikTok videos and messages, you know, we share and having these conversations and, you know, having a colleague at work that I, you know, we talk about our, our therapy sessions, uh, with each other. Like it is such a difference maker in my life. And, uh, yeah, we just have to do it. We have to open up and say, I'm in pain. I'm lonely, especially as men. Uh, there's a great Vice uh, episode podcast uh, that this guy Sam did. Um, Egan, I think his last name is, starts with me. Sorry, Sam. Uh, about male loneliness and how hard, even in your 20s, it is to make friends. And I'm like, dude, I'm 46. I don't have kids. Like, <laughs> you know, if you have kids, at least you might meet somebody that... Uh, you know, some other parents at the school, you like, you go through a whole thing in your thirties where like all of your friends have kids. And if you don't like those relationships kind of end for 18 years. And, uh, so yeah, I definitely I, feel that the other way. Yeah. Cause, cause, uh, well, a lot of it for me is, uh, like, even though I have kids and Dustin has kids, like the kids are a little different age and well, now you moved away. So that made it harder too. But like, uh, I'm like the only one in my friend group that lives in the Minnesota area that has kids like like all my friends that have kids are either the kids are like six years older or like four or five years younger and it's like a, uh, and it's fine like I don't know I've been through a lot with between getting divorced and quitting drinking and stuff so it's just added some different layers to to all of my relationships since so much of my friendships were built around going to bars and breweries and going out after games and uh it just made things 
different for sure. And all of the friends that I have basically made since divorce have all been people I went out on a date with and we realized we weren't, nothing else was going to happen and we're just friends now. And it's great. Um, but it's also weird because now like it can make things awkward for whoever I try and date next. Cause they don't understand why I have like a female best friend and like all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, like it's, it's, um, uh, it's, I don't know where I was going, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, the dynamics of making friends and, and all that stuff can be challenging really at any age. So, and it can make it tough to, to do all that. But my, uh, one of my college roommates got married this year and I went to his wedding and he, and I was shocked because he seemed genuinely like surprised that I came because we haven't seen each other that much because he lives in, lived in St. Louis. Now he moved to Ann Arbor, um, which is, I was hoping to go to those games this year, but that didn't work. Uh, uh, but like they sent their Christmas card along with like a nice thank you letter and, like his thank you letter like made my month honestly when he sent it because it was all about how he was so thankful that I came and basically told me I was his best friend in college and uh and all this and I was like I like I knew we were really good friends and on it like to kind of circle back to what this podcast is about he is the guy that I went to October 18th 2003 with that's who I went to that game with before I became shirtless guy that day. So like, he's the guy that I convinced to go to a hockey game. That is the whole reason we are even doing this podcast today. So, and he's in a couple of the, like the original misfits photos and stuff, even though he was never really a part of it. I don't think he owns a single piece of like Michigan tech sports apparel. Like that's not him, <laughs> but like, it meant so much to me just to get that note and like, and uh, understand the connection from his side and, and realize like uh, how important I am to him. And, and we don't do a good job of talking about that or, or expressing those feelings when it comes to guys, we just don't. That's true. And I feel like one of the points that he made was that it can be difficult in any stage of life if you, to make friends when you're not in like a high school or college situation where you're always face to face in close quarters with your peers. Like one of the things I miss most about college is uh, being no less than a mile from my friends, because having a discussion about mental health every year, I think is a fantastic thing that we do. But uh, social and physical health are both things that kind of tie into it. I don't want to. Um, get on that too much because the, then you start sounding like the guy is like, Oh man, if you're feeling down, just go for a run. And that's not helpful at all. But the way that I kind of have approached it since the end of college is that the more things I can do that get me moving and meeting new people, the better that is. And the more important that is as time goes on. So that's how I find myself doing things. Like I had my buddy Casey, who's in the discord, um, invite me to play roller hockey with them. I knew none of the guys on the team. I hadn't played roller hockey since I was 10, but I figured it's a way to get out and meet some new people. It's the reason I joined a bowling league with my dad. So that's a, that's a very small thing to do that helps out. And it's just, it's just, it's one piece of a complex puzzle, but that's something that's helped me out a lot. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely feel a difference since I quit playing like rec league sports because my knees can't handle it anymore <laughs> that, uh, you know, I miss those friendships <laughs> or I even miss just like that weekly post game, go out to the bar and have some appetizers and hang out and chat and, and get to know people like that stuff just doesn't happen anymore. And the COVID doesn't help with any of this because it's like, you, like you said, Kyle, like as a parent, I've got a shot at making friends with other kids, parents, but we don't get to meet them that much right now because you're trying to limit your circle and, and all that stuff. And, and there haven't been a ton of events where I'm going to even uh, meet other kids or other parents and, uh, and my daughter's birthdays in the summer. So it's hard to like keep those relationships for her going to get those kids to come to a birthday party in July and, and meet people. Um, and then like we had neighbors move away that had young kids that were like played together. Now my daughter just spends all day, uh, 
on messenger kids talking to them and video chatting which is awesome for her like i'm glad that she gets to keep those relationships and they're not too far to like visit when my when i go see my family but um yeah it, it's all tied together and, and covid doesn't make things easy for any of us because you're you're all concerned about different levels of things and got to take care of yourself I would just say too, though, Matt, like I wouldn't uh, discount the exercise part too. I mean, yeah, obviously we, we, you know, if you've been depressed, like the idea of getting up and going for a run sounds awful, but I know that uh, when I get on the treadmill uh, and I force myself to do it by the end of the 30 minutes, I do, you, you know, the body does give you endorphins and those, you know, it's all about what I'm learning in this is as much as we understand the brain at all. Like it's all about changing the patterns. And so if you get the endorphins from a little bit of exercise and that gets you to feel a little bit better, that gets you to maybe make a chance or, you know, take a chance and be kind to somebody or open yourself up to somebody being kind to you. Uh, like all of those, it's all about making healthy choices or, you know, what we would call healthy choices, but breaking the patterns uh, of, you know, and understanding too, the other thing that like for me in the weight struggle is to say like that Kit Kat isn't really going to bring me joy. And when I talk about like, I didn't have joy, like you're like, oh, I'm going to feel good at least for these 30 seconds. But like realizing like that isn't really going to uh, make me feel better. And so I make healthier choices in that too. That makes me feel more successful. Uh, that gives me more energy to do, be successful in other things. So um it's yeah it's it's hard to do i was 307 pounds at one point so <laughs> i know uh i know what it's like to struggle with weight and not want to exercise and eat everything you want to eat but uh all of those things do make a difference no very much i mean i know uh one of the best things i ever did when covid first started when we were more on like lockdown was like every day at like two o'clock as long as it wasn't like raining out i just went for a walk took like a mile and a half walk around the, the trails by my house and and it was just nice to break up the day since I was working from home and not leaving at all and, and that stuff and now I'm trying to do the dog park and now my problem with the dog park is, is the more I go the more my dog tries to do one more lap and <laughs> and doesn't doesn't honor the sacred vow that we made when we got there that we were going to do two and a half laps and that was it you have a husky you have a husky mix she's gonna run forever <laughs> yeah i know uh she she used to be pretty good about like tiring out about the time i did but now the problem like this this last time we went it was too cold so i got cold for pretty quick and uh and she just wanted to keep going so uh but she ended up tiring out at some point and it wasn't too bad um but yeah she just loves interacting with the other dogs so i try and do that as much as i can i know i've been bad about it most of this winter because since i got sick i haven't really been up for it and and we've had some pretty bad cold snaps that i have no interest in going to the dog park in but uh yeah it's 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 good to get out and i i've i made my vow to about an exercise bike with some uh work money um that I still need to actually use, but I've got it set up and uh, maybe I'll start uh, telling myself that I can only like, that's basically what I've done is just trick myself into saying like, there's a show I like. The only time I can watch that show is when I'm on the exercise bike or, or whatever podcast, like that's all I can do. The only time I can do that is when I do the exercise. So I'm like earning it. And I know I used to have a show back, way back when we're like, I mean, that's the best thing I could do was do that. And yeah, it usually does make you feel better uh, overall. So it's, it's certainly about, a component, all of it. You talk about breaking habits, right? Like, you know, this, on your phone scrolling in the middle of the night through Twitter or scrolling through Reddit, whatever. I've thrown the time limit on Reddit. I get 30 minutes and then it yells at me. And I, that has actually been enough to stop me from looking at it throughout the day, which isn't a bad thing. And, Instead of Reddit, I use Duolingo instead and have put like hours. I'm on like, a, I think I'm on a 65 day streak in Duolingo right now of, of doing a bunch of Duolingo every day. So 
you know, rather than social media, I'm sitting there, you know, becoming slightly less forgetful in the German I learned in college playing with Spanish and, and trying to figure out how to read Arabic. So it's, you know, it's a, it's a, just a hobby puzzle type thing that's useful rather than just scrolling through Reddit. Right. Which, you know, like you said, with the news, what you got to deal with there is not always the most positive thing, right? Reddit can be the same way looking at what's going on. Might as well focus on something else instead. And that's been really helpful for me. You know, Tim, I just heard you there. And if you, you know, I always feel like a fraud offering advice when I'm so new into this. But one of the concepts behind, or one of the ideas behind radical acceptance is the idea that uh, things just are, and then we put our feelings onto them, right? So when I hear you say, yeah, you're not good about taking your dog to the dog park, you, you use the word bad. I would say like, you just are. You just, you take your dog to the dog park, you don't take your dog to the dog park, and it just is. And when we realize that, when I realize that, and take away the construct of it being bad, that I didn't do it enough, that relieves myself of some of the pressure. Uh, you know, like, oh, if I didn't exercise today, that just is, that is what it is. Uh, and so, you know, it's a hard one to wrap your brain around and it, and it doesn't always work, but um, for me, it, it works a lot to, you know, when they, they just say like, if your boss yells at you, you choose, uh, to put the connotation that it's bad. It probably is right. Like this, I do sometimes have a hard time <laughs> with this Buddhist idea that, uh, there aren't just some things that are good, some things that are bad, but, uh, but like, I found like in that space, forgiveness, uh, for myself of saying like, uh, it is just a thing that I am experiencing. Um, you know, and so if I didn't, you know, you just watched football yesterday and you were disappointed with yourself or it wasn't as great as the day before, but it was the day you were meant to have. It was the experience that you had. And, um, another one, uh, they say that, yeah, go ahead. Well, just that every breath, uh, I feel like a talk guru now, every breath that we have (laughs) is a gift that we can't get back. Right. At some point, especially as you hit middle age, you start to think that there's, you know, fewer and fewer of those ahead. And so you just enjoy the one you're having at this moment, right? That concept of being present is the idea that like what we're doing right now, talking with each other is just what is what we're doing. And that's great. And like, instead of thinking about who the Gophers are playing this weekend, uh, or if we're going to get back on top of Michigan Tech and pairwise, like I should focus on this conversation (laughs) and talking to you guys and enjoying this and well, i don't think that's going to happen anyway so you, you might as well not waste any time thinking about it <laughs> not when we lose three guys next month no 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 how about you guys will play your schedule hey we don't know yet they could still decide to dodge somebody if they think it'll be uh, they think it'll be a loss too much of a pairwise bomb don't they play Michigan? Is it this weekend or well, next weekend. Michigan this weekend? I want someone yeah. to throw the Uno yeah. reverse card yeah. on them so bad with that. That'd be so funny. <laughs> I'm, I, I, like I, because of the timing, I gave up on my plans, but I'm planning on going to the game Saturday night this weekend. And uh, the plan was to get a chicken suit and have a Pearson nameplate put on the back, but I don't really have a hundred dollars <laughs> to throw away on the chicken suit that I will wear once and a nameplate, uh, so Beth Lynn wanted me to get a chicken suit and somebody else get a poop emoji and we'll just stand next to each other and it'll be chicken shit for what Mel did. But uh, yeah. Um, but to go back to what you were talking about, the Buddhist side of things, like I kind of get, like I understand, I think I get the mentality that basically it's it's saying like, um, like you maybe did something good, you maybe did something bad in the past, but like the fact that you're getting yelled at you can't really do anything about what happened so don't dwell on it right like it's uh, like to circle back joe talked about this on the joe show this morning we we're talking about goaltenders where it, it was always about uh you can't like the best thing a goaltender can do is forget about what just happened and focus on the next shot the next shot's the only thing that matters it doesn't matter what you can't worry about the last one anymore. You can't focus on that because you can't fix that. All you can worry about is the next one. And um, yeah, and I think that's 
uh, you know, the best way to look at it is that, um, I, and, and I think part of what you're saying too, is it's not even about, um, you know, doing better because you, cause then you're like judging everything. It's just more about, uh, trying to do something different next time because you didn't like the outcome of, because of how you did something last time and continually working on that. And it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy because we all get stuck in our ways and, and uh, you know, it's easier to play a game on your phone versus get up and start a load of laundry or clean a room or whatever. Like I've been having this argument with my daughter for I don't know, two years about like helping with stuff. Like she wanted nothing to do with taking the tree down. I'm like, Oh, I don't either, but it's gotta be done. We can't just leave the Christmas tree up all year. Um, or can you, or can we, or, or like today, <laughs> the when longer I, you leave it up, the more presents you get. Right. You don't know unless you try. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe Santa would come on January 25th if we just left it up that long. Right. Only one way to find out. <laughs> <laughs> but um but like today i dropped her off at her mom's and i opened the door and she asked me to help carry in her bag with her boots and stuff and i realized just how much garbage is in there from like all the various places we've been i was like i think the next time you come over and it's not a freezing cold day we're gonna have to clean out this car and she just looks at me and pouts and like i don't want to clean like, i don't either but it's got to be done we can't just leave all that garbage in the back seat because you threw it on the floor instead of taking it in when we got home and i need to, and i'm like i know i need to be better too like that's half the problem is like i'm you know quote unquote throwing judgment at my daughter when the front seat's just as messy <laughs> you know but at least i've got like a an old walmart bag full of half, most of my garbage instead of just throwing it on the ground so i need to be better about giving her a trash can and, and that kind of stuff uh, but there's always things we can work on and uh, you know the more we can you know and we talk a lot about social media like the other problem is so much of what you see on social media is uh, other people putting on their best face and we all think you, you all look from the outside and think that somebody else's life is a hundred times better than yours. And there are people that I know for a fact are struggling and I read their posts and I'm like, I know you are trying to convince yourself of what you're posting is your reality. When I know what's going on in the background, like, uh, so like you can't, you can't focus on other people because if you have enough friends on Facebook, somebody's always on vacation. My sister just sent me a video. I think she's in San Diego, like on the water. And she sent me a nice panoramic view. And I was like, that's gorgeous. I'll be sure to rub it in the next time I'm someplace warm. You know, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it's, we, we need to stop comparing ourselves to other people because you are only seeing their best. It's not like there's very rare that you see somebody post something uh about them struggling and which is why it was so nice to see your thread because it is rare to see people opening up about their own struggles and their own problems and and they're always just focusing on the good or complaining about some sporting event which really isn't you know reality either because um, you're basically just deflecting probably from your own crap and and trying to ignore that and focus on something else because you know so many of us uh, derive a lot of our our happiness and feeling good on the results of a sports team that we have nothing to do with. So I know I can have a pretty crappy Sunday if my, if my sports don't go well for the weekend. Um, especially if it's like the last game was like the weirdest one of all of them kind of thing. So lots. To, yeah. Uh, I think that, uh, I think, you know, if you viewed my life from the outside and you listen to my mom, especially, uh, you know, in, in my teenage years, I cried for help. I, you know, I, I, I realize now that I was begging people for help and she would come in and just convince everybody that nothing was wrong. And, you know, there, I think I mentioned in that thread, uh, maybe it was a different thread, but at one point, you know, the school called her because I was suicidal and my mom's reaction when I got home was to ground me and be like, how can you be suicidal uh, at, with everything I do for you? And 
Ah, uh, like, and, and but to the outside world, they all thought she was a great parent and their notes. And I have, you know, in my school files where they talk about how much she loved me and cared for me and provided, you know, a good home. And it's like, none of that was good. None of what I experienced in childhood uh, was good. And, you know, 40 some odd years into this, I, I only a month ago had my first conversation with my dad ever about his relationship with my mom and, and what went wrong. And, you know, so like, I don't have a relationship with my dad. And, and, I, and I start on this to say, I read a tweet, we talk about social media, I read a tweet last night from a woman who I quote tweeted about her lack of a relationship with her mother. And she was comparing herself, as you said, to everybody else and their relationship with their, their parents and how great it was and how she wished she had that. And I just thought, you know, what I would have told her is you don't know, you don't know how many of us had an absolutely horrible relationship with our parents. And maybe you didn't have one at all, uh, but maybe that was better. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But to say, like, we assume everybody has two loving parents uh, and a support system and, you know, things are great. And I, when you really talk to people, you realize, you know, most of us have problems. Most of us have had some bad things happen in life, you know, of all our parents die young, uh, you know, like happened to my mom and my wife. Uh, you know, people, our friends get cancer, our, you know, our friends uh, kill themselves, you know, any number of traumatic events happen to us. And yet we go on Twitter or we go through life just trying to be normal and trying to get through it. And a lot of them, a lot of people are struggling. Uh, and you shouldn't just assume that, as you're saying, Tim, that people are doing great because they post great pictures on the internet. Yeah. Well, nobody wants to post the bad. Plain and simple, right? Unless they're complaining well, to some company trying to get some money. <laughs> that's I mean, that's, that's most that's of the, the negative. Yeah. That's the risk when you suffer from depression, right? Every job listing, every professional job listing you ever see says positive attitude, avail, you know, ability to create a positive workplace. And you know, obviously nobody wants to come in and like make other people feel terrible, but like, you know, also, you know, there's a wide variety. There was a New York Times piece about po toxic positivity about two months ago. You know, this, this people that just put a smiley face on it, no matter what, is also unhealthy. And so you don't want to go on Twitter and be like, hey, by the way, I'm suicidal and miserable. Uh, by the way, would you like to give me a job? I really want to come into your workplace and spread that around. Uh, so it's very hard to publicly have those conversations and hope that people will look look past that and see that, you know, you are still a contributor. Yeah. And it's, and it's hard to, uh, you know, companies want the person that keeps their head down and, and does their work and doesn't make waves. And uh, sometimes I do that. Sometimes I don't, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not afraid to, uh, to complain about certain things to certain people and, and make my point hurt because like, that's not, uh, not the way things should be, but it's, it's hard to uh, be that person. And it's, and like you said, it's hard to, to be the one to be honest about that stuff, especially with the way some companies look into social media and other things nowadays, who knows what they'll find and, and what they'll decide is important to them. Um, but we shouldn't be, uh, you know, scared to be open about that stuff to, 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 to be honest with ourselves about what's going on. I mean, uh, you know, there's so much of it. Like it's, it's, uh, it really amazes me sometimes when the, like the amount of people that I, you find, um, like on TikTok that are dealing with so many things that are the same with you. And I think that's, what's been so great about that app for me is yeah, there's, there's plenty of thirst traps and other fun, uh, weird stuff on there, but like getting into ADHD TikTok, I mean, literally TikTok is the reason I have now been diagnosed with ADHD because I watched enough videos on it and was like, this is totally me. Like I've been like coping with this my whole life. It's probably not, a huge deal overall, but it explains so much of my struggles, my like, uh, but yeah, 
uh, but like all the different things I see on TikTok, there are so many people I follow now that just like um, uh, help me like understand myself better. And and you know the old adage about how like your friends or your mom can tell you something, or your or your wife or spouse or partner can tell you something. And it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other. And then as soon as somebody outside says the same thing, it like clicks. And I laughed because I watched a video about how um, a, like uh, one of the one of the things he said that he would recommend we make as a New Year's resolution was like, um, don't ever like if you if you pick up something, put it back in its place. And my mom has told me this like six times and I am terrible at it, but he, but they watched it on TikTok and suddenly it's like processing better that like, if I, if I, uh, you know, if I take the butter out to do, to make toast, I have to, like, I don't just leave it. I got to put it back where I got it. Or um, like, if I'm done eating something, the plate goes in the garbage and, the, and I got to go put the fork in the sink. I don't just leave it. And I say that as I'm looking at a fork and a plate right here that I should have taken care of <laughs> a while ago, but I didn't. But like, it's just those little things where you, you just these small steps that you can make that can make you um, like, like these micro things that you can do in very baby step ways that can help you process things better and, and, and and get your mind off of the negative things that you can get super focused on if you go in the wrong place and it yeah and it's but it's hard it's it's hard to stick to that stuff and keep up on it and then you know it's a constant work um and and it is exhausting but it's it it feels worth it when i've done a good job of it it's it's amazing how much better i feel and it's just about uh, much like exercise where you, you do generally feel better when you do it. It's just a matter of convincing yourself that it's, it's useful and, and doing it. And, and like you said, not getting hard on yourself when it didn't happen today and just focusing on trying to make it happen tomorrow. Or if there's still time today, find a way to do it yet today. So. The number one thing that drives my wife nuts this past year would be when I would come home and be like, well, my therapist said that she'd be like, I've been saying that for the last 15 years. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, but they're a professional. <laughs> you just live here. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet that gets you a ton of brownie points right there. Oh, really? <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I love my wife and I'm blessed that, to have found a person who decided to stick with me uh, through all of this, you know, uh, it's just been, you know, part of my mental illness and, and self-loathing is to say, you know, for a lot of years, I thought, you know, she's only with me. She must be sick too, right? Like there must be something wrong with her to want to be with me, somebody who's this broken. And it was only through therapy that I finally came to really understand, you know, no, maybe she just really does love me. Like may, whatever it is, we don't get to decide who we love. Uh, and, uh, and, and she must to have put up with this. And I finally said to her, I'm like, well, this is, this is where we're at on this. And, you know, things are getting better and I'm, you know, I'm changing some, but like, you've been here for 17 years now at this point, you know what you're getting. And if you continue to choose to stay, then, uh, that's on you, right? Like, good. <laughs> I'm great. I'm grateful for it, but I can no longer think that that's, something's wrong with you, you are like actively choosing that. And I'm, so I'm very lucky, you know, and I know that because I don't know where I'd be without her. Uh, so, uh, I mean, I, everybody can't have that, unfortunately, but uh, I, I'm blessed. That is my, for all of the other problems I've had, that is my one blessing is my wife, Bridget. Well, I think that sounds like a great place to wrap things up. Um, thanks for joining us, Kyle. We really appreciate you joining us so that we can continue this tradition of having this discussion at least annually here on the podcast. Um, yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It was a great honor. And I, you know, I would just say, as we've said here, I think a few times, uh, if you are struggling, reach out to somebody, talk to them. People care about you more than you realize, no matter how alone you 
feel and no matter how alone I felt in my life uh, through this process, I realized that there were tons of people I would have never even thought to call that absolutely would have my back. And I would imagine all of you do too, all of you listening and you guys. So uh, if you need help, get it and uh, go tech. <laughs> hey, go Minnesota. <laughs> Nathan Fibke from Fibke Dental. Hey, we, we know that guy. Asked me very nicely about this, so I will I will throw it in the podcast this week. Uh, on February 17th, he's riding in a cancer charity event for the Keller Family Community Foundation. It's a 500-mile and one-day snowmobile ride in the western UP. There are, there are 80 people that signed up. Uh, and each of them have been asked to generate $1,000 in donations, 100% of which go to the foundation. He, he is personally matching the first $500 raised and said he has a little over $300 currently raised. Uh, the foundation covers gas, food, and lodging expenses for people getting treatment for cancer. Insurance generally covers the bulk of treatment expenses, but they don't cover the peripheral expenses that burn up savings in a hurry. Um, so he's asking me to throw it out there. We'll put a link in the liner notes, but it looks like it's donate.snowballcancer.org. And then there's some other stuff. So um, we'll definitely put it in the liner notes. We might even tweet it out um, with some of the other stuff. So we'll get that news out there. But uh, let's see if we can help uh, the person that made this podcast happen get enough money to uh, hit his goal and hopefully beat all the 79 others snowmobilers the the question i got on twitter which is all tying into what we're talking about right now with some tom hunt i confirmed his lookup that blake is one shutout away from tying the michigan tech single season shutout record currently held by goalie coach jamie phillips does he break the record or does jamie convince joe to bench him the rest of the year <laughs> With two more two I, more games against St. Thomas coming up. I two more games against St. Thomas, two more games against <laughs> Ferris. Against I've, Ferris. Got, a, I've I, got a feeling I he think, at least evens the record. Yeah. I, I think I think there's gonna be two names in the record book, if not a different one. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I will, think Jamie's gonna be happy that it happened because he's and that'll be his third uh single season record. Believe it or not, he has the best goals a, against average record, which he yeah. might break this year, and the best save percentage both of which he set last season and his save percent, like his goals against average is better this year than last year, but his save percentage is worse. So that tells you how much better the defense has been. Good. Good stuff. And like we said last week, the next six games, including this past weekend, they need to go five and one. Yep. And they started off two and oh, so, so far so good. 2-0 against one of the opponents I was more worried about at that. Right, exactly. So Really? One, I think you're worried more about Lake State than, than Northern and Bemidji? I was more worried about Lake State than Northern St. Thomas or Ferris. I wouldn't say Bemidji. I said one of oh, the teams okay. I was more worried about, not the team I was most worried about. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Like nor, I'm not worried about Northern, but Northern can always be a fluky thing because of the rivalry, yeah, but I don't look at it as like worried. Yeah. Yeah, and and Northern ha- does have a tendency like they can find something for a game like they did last week, right? Like they're they can do that, so you never know. Yeah, one minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check our Patreon and join by visiting Patreon.com/slash/TechHockeyGuide. We need all of your support so Matt can afford instats. So the more of you that sign up, the better the chances are that we can start doing some some sweet analytics around Michigan tech and the CCHA Uh, patrons at the white level or above get access to our quarterly zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast patrons at the gold level or above receive access to our unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Um, Dustin's been reading off our five-star reviews. Um, so if you give us five stars, Dustin will read the review on the show. We've only gotten a couple of those. The aforementioned Biddy, I think, was the last one. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Vivke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for our recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McPherson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. One minute remaining in the podcast. Well, that should do it for this episode of the Chasing McNaughton podcast. Please check our Patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash Guide. We need all of your support so Matt can afford instats. So the more of you that sign up, the better the chances are that we can start doing some some sweet analytics around Michigan Tech and the CCHA. Uh, patrons at the white level or above get access to our quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, Cam Ellsworth. Uh, patrons at the black level or above receive access to extra podcast content, including extended versions of every podcast. Patrons at the gold level or above receive access to our unfiltered YouTube video of our podcast each week. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. Uh, you can submit questions through Twitter, Facebook, or on our Patreon page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach. So tell your friends. Um, Dustin's been reading off our five-star reviews. Um, so if you give us five stars, Dustin will read the review on the show. We've only gotten a couple of those. The aforementioned Biddy, I think, was the last one. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Vivke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mitch Lake for our recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McPherson, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Finally, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha